0: Great. Oh, well, it's good to be here. So, this series is looking at the household of God, and, and the heart of this series is uh, considering the different aspects of what the Bible says about who we are, about us. And so we've got a, a few uh, topics um, this one's talking about love, but if you thought this was going to be a lovey-dovey talk this afternoon, I'm sorry. That, that really isn't me. Um, I know what has just been prayed. Ben knows. He's laughing. Um, but later on in the year, what we'd like to do is, is, is look at the characteristics of what makes us, the hub, us. Because it's important that we understand our identity. So, um, before I dive into what I've got prepared, um, I just felt we've had this already. I mean, I'm just amazed at what God has done amongst us. But um, I just felt that God wanted to remind us of who we are. So... I'll get it right. There we go. And when Dan, uh, set and the, and the teaching team thought about this series, this scripture was the overar- overarching scripture, and God has been reminding us today of who we are, hasn't he? He's been reminding, of, reminding us in what was, has been prayed, what been, has been shared, and, and I just want to encourage you again, I think God wants to remind us, I don't know about you, but I have to remind myself continually about what God says to me because of all the flack that we receive all of the difficulties we face day by day um, I don't know about you but this is 1 Peter 2 but you are a chosen people let these words just minister into your heart a royal priesthood a holy nation God's special Possession that you that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy i don 't know about you, but sometimes i don 't feel holy. I don't feel royal. I don't feel like I'm God's special possession. But this is who God says we are. This is who God says we are. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves, and I think that's what God is wanting to do today, to remind us of who we are. So as I, I just pray that as I share, I just, I just pray that God would, um, would encourage you and challenge you and challenge me and encourage me too. That together, Lord, we'd, we'd understand more of your heart for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're looking at the household of God. Um, a people of God, how we interact together as a body and a family. And we've already sung about it. I thought those songs were amazing. We sung about being alive in his hands. We sung about Christ in me. It's all about Christ in me. It's all about being alive in his, his hands. And what I believe God has put on my heart for today is... To look at us as how he has gifted us, because he has made us one body, and we have different gifts and functions. You see, for me, love flows out of how we serve and how we uh, function together. God has wired each one of us differently. We see things differently, and that can be a blessing. I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, that just gets in the way. You'd like to think that people see things the same as I do when we want our way. But when God knows better, God has a bigger plan, he needs all of us, all of us, to be moving in the gifting that God has given us. So, this is the scripture for today that I'd like to read to you. It's Romans 12, verse 1 to 3, and let me just read it to you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. What an amazing scripture that is. And my first Point that I'd like to share is that we are called to be different. Now I'm sure you all know this, so I'm I'm preaching to the converted. Well, I hope I'm preaching to the converted, but if there's anyone that isn't, then please see me after. <laughs> but um, we're called to be different, aren't we? We're not. We're in verse two. It goes to oh, i gone past it. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. We're called to be different. In the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, verse 20, Jesus says, "For I tell you that unless your righteousness exceeds or surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven." So we're called to live life under a different way. We're called to live life loving the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, all of our minds, all of our strength. Not out of rules, out of a love relationship. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus also says that we're not to live like the pagans. Well, you know, the pagans are uh, are people that had many gods Pleasing themselves, materialistic, self-indulgence. We're called not to live like that. Jesus even says, which is really tough, I find these words so hard. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or, or about your body, what you will wear. Do not worry about tomorrow, the tomorrow will worry about itself. But we're called to seek first his kingdom and His righteousness. You know, it takes, it, it's quite, you know, it's hard this living differently, isn't it? It's really hard because every day we have to do what Paul is saying is to offer our bodies, offer ourselves back to Him. But isn't it amazing that we can do this? Every day we can come before God. We have a loving Father that we can say, God, will you fill me afresh this day? Will you lead me? Will you guide me? Will you help me? Will you change my mind so I'm not thinking religiously or I'm not concerned about my material needs, but I can lift my eyes to you. To lift our hearts and gaze to Him, so that we can discern the will of the God, of God for our lives. J. B. Phillips, I have to scroll through these now. Put it like this: Don't let the world around you squeeze squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within. It takes seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seeking his way of living, his way of doing things, in order to discern his way, his will for us. We are one body, but many members, each one gifted, out of his grace. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says that each of us has been given a particular gift for the common good. We're all gifted. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Now when you and I came to Christ, Every single one of us was charismatized. That's a big word, isn't it? Charisma, charismata, just means a gift. But when Paul talks about this in Romans, he's talking about gifts of grace. We received the Holy Spirit when we came to Christ and when we come to Christ, and he fills us and the bible says that he gives us gifts or gift for the benefit of the body the church family and this passage that we've read in romans lists seven gifts it lists the gift of prophecy serving teaching encouraging gifting leadership and so and showing mercy now each one of us should be able to serve teach Should be able to prophesy, give, lead, and be compassionate in some way. But what I'm talking about here, and I think what Paul is talking about here, is more than that. This is how we are wired. There's something in us that is wired differently from other people, it's within our hearts. And it influences how we act. It influences how we see things. We're all wired in a different way. But these are all grace gifts to build the body, the family, to benefit each other. The passage in Romans says that we're here for the benefit of everybody else. And not just the benefit of everybody else. We're here for the benefit of whoever God will lead us to. You know, I can think of somebody, or when I was preparing, I thought of somebody immediately who just loves to give. When they give, it makes them feel alive. They just changed, they feel the blessing of God. And you can tell when that person gives something because you can see their gifting within them come out. I don't know about you, but for me, um, part of my wiring is serving. You might have gathered that. I hope you have. It's a good job I'm part of the leadership team if I'm serving, isn't it? But it's just something part of who I am. You know, those five love languages. Serving, I I don't know why God made me like this, but Margie's always pointing it out. But that's the way God made me when we act in line with the gifting that god has put within us he gives us the power he gives us the grace he gives us everything we need and the bible says about god has prepared things for us to do it's going to be in line with what he's called what he's given you how he's gifted you and what he calls you to do. One example for you well, I was, that ca- immediately came to mind as I was preparing for this afternoon, and I, I kind of find it quite kind of funny, but um, there we go. A number of years ago, um, I went to see a chap called Ray Holly. We used to have Ray and Rose Holly in the church. I loved them dearly. Uh, a wonderful man and women woman of God um, and I went to see Ray he was in Marnell Lodge he was um, in, in, in the last year of his life, he didn't realise that at the time and needed we um, and, um, and I turned up to visit him and I sat down and we started to talk and after five minutes of talking and I, now I say this example not to, I'm not trying to big myself up I'm just giving you an example of how God works through us in line with our gifting. So five minutes into the talk, um, Ray, he must have been late 80s, I don't know, I'm not sure how old he was, he turned to me and he pointed to his electric razor and he said to me, uh, can you give me a shave? Now, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I've got a beard, I don't even do that myself I've never shaved another man before this and I don't think I've ever shaved another man since you know and so blokes I wouldn't get your hopes upon this you know <laughs> you know but this um and and in that moment as, as Ray you know uh, asked me to do that I I just felt the love of God for Ray and I felt the grace for me. You know, I could have said I could have said to Ray, Ray, you know, I think halfway through I did say to him, Ray, you know, I'm not paid to do this. <laughs> this this is not in my job spec. And but in that moment, it was like I felt the presence of Jesus was there with us both, and we were both blessed. It was like Jesus was there. Caring for Ray. And, you know, whether he got a good shave or not, I don't think that matters. You know, I mean, it was good enough. But I didn't go there thinking this is what I'm going to do. You know, that was the farthest from my mind. But that's what God had in mind. You know, the word for uh, service is... Diaconian, it's where we get the word deacon. Yeah, when we operate out of our God-given gifts, who he has made us to be, who he has called us to be, then we will know his blessing. We'll know his... his, um, It's like he smiled on us. And it's like that. To feel that smile of God looking down upon you. It's wonderful. So serving. Prophesying. That's more of a gift that seems to be kind of more of a, uh, a public thing. But when I looked this one up in the Interlinear Bible, it described it as the gift of communicating and enforcing revealed truth. They are speaking forth God's word. That motivation to communicate and deliver what they feel God is saying, to be faithful to that. I hope that as I'm sharing some of these things that some of you will, will resonate with these things. The teacher, wired to pass on God's truth and has a motivation to study and get it right. They love books. They love learning. They have a motivation to communicate and help people understand God's word. So when they see somebody who gets that light bulb moment, for them that's a job well done. The encourager. The word used here is paracalon. Based upon the verb, I'll have to be how I say it, parakaleo. It's the same word used for the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. So the encourager is somebody who comes alongside to bring words of comfort, strengthen, counseling. So the motivation here is to come alongside in whatever way is required. giving we're all called to give but some people just love giving it brings them alive they feel the blessing of god leadership according to darrell johnson this is a the, t- the word used here is a military term that means to stand up before others to step up And get things moving. To see the kingdom of God advance. And showing mercy. You know, incidentally, this one. um, The mercy giver. The fifth beatitude. I love the beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This is the only beatitude where the reward is more of the same of the blessing. You know, these Beatitudes, they, we're all supposed to be challenged in our characters, changed, transformed by the Spirit. We're all show, uh, supposed to show mercy. But those people that have this wiring as a mercy giver, somehow they have the ability... To come alongside people, come alongside and feel their pain, feel what they're going through. Motivated from compassion. So, these grace gifts that we're all given are for each one of us and they are for all of us. And in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul discusses these gifts and notes how important that you can't say to one, well you're not important and you can't say to the eye or the hand or the foot that we don't need you. They are all important. And Jesus was the only person that exhibited all of these gifts. These gifts must operate from a heart of love. Now uh, Again, I'd say, I mean, Doug would know this. I'm, I'm right-handed. You know, I, I'm right-handed. And my left hand, I don't write with my left hand. I don't do much. I, I don't throw with my left hand. And so if I wanted to, I could say, well, my left hand is, is not as important as my right hand because I do far more with my right hand than my left hand. But i tell you what, if I couldn't pick up my guitar... I don't know what I'd do. And I can't say that my left hand is less important than my right hand when I'm playing my guitar, because I need both. They're, we're all as important to each other. How are we doing for time? And I saw a great example of this as I was reading. You know, um, Andy's not here. I was going to use Andy as the example. I'll have to use Dan here now. But, you know, if I said that my gifting was a number, so let's say my gifting is a 1,000 times, and Dan, 10,000 times. Come on. Oh, 100,000. All right, sorry. 100,000. Jan. I'll get there. But without love, it's like a thousand. If the love is the zero, it doesn't matter what the number is to God. If I act out of love, my thousand is zero. If Dan acts out of love, his hundred thousand is zero. But just think what happens as soon as love is brought into the equation. It gives value to the gifts that we have. And that's, I believe, how God sees it. When we operate out of love with the gifting that he's given us, then it gives value to the gifts that we have. The problem is, that there are frustrations, that there are issues, this gifting that I carry comes with a problem. And the problem is me. I'll be honest. It comes with, it, we come as a package, don't we? Each of us have our hopes and dreams, our fears and failures. And our gifting is integral to who we are, but we have to navigate that gifting with others within the body. You know, I get things wrong. And this is why these grace gifts need to be operated out of love. You could get seven people together looking at the same situation and they would come up with seven different viewpoints. And I'm sure you've had that. And if they're all operating out of love, then those seven different viewpoints will all complement one another. Because that is how we act as a body. And all of those responses would be right, even though from a different perspective. And Jesus was the only one that could operate in them all. I don't know about you, but if you're serving the worst thing that somebody can do is not thank you. There's nothing worse than serving faithfully and not being thanked for it. And there's a downside of all of these, these gifts. So just incidentally, everybody who serves, I'll say it now, thank you. <laughs> if you haven't heard it from Dan, you hear it from me. Thank you so much you know if you have a prophetic gifting and you don't feel like the word of god is being received i think that they'd find that really quite frustrating for the teacher if they see things that aren't being taught properly i think that would be a real issue for you uh, for them and you know if, if we've ever said something that somebody disagrees with it i'll tell you we you hear about it they, mince, they don't mince their words. So all of these giftings come with frustrations, annoyances. But he does say at the end of these verses, let me go back, love, love must be sincere. So when we operate out of our gifting, you see, for me, love is how we act. How we act when we operate out of the gifting that God has given us. How we relate to one another. So in this body, each of you has different gifts. And we can see those giftings. And I just want to encourage you that you would be able to see that gifting too. And be able to walk in that gifting. Because we need it. This body and this family, this household needs. Verse 10, Paul encourages us to be devoted to one another. And to honour one another above ourselves. To see the best in each other. So love has, as I draw to a close, love has a context It's who we are, how we are wired. But being able to see the gifting in ourselves and see the gifting that God has placed in others will help us to function together. And so, can I encourage you? I'm going to have to go back now. Ah, wrong one. Fast. Can I encourage you? It doesn't matter what age you are. You might think, well, I've heard this before and I'm beyond this now. But as long as you've got breath within your lungs, God has got a plan for you. And I just want to encourage you. Love has a context. How we serve, how we love, how we outwork the gifting that God has given us. And it is for each one of us. So what has he given you to do? What has he not given you to do? And when have you experienced his blessings on your efforts? Can I encourage you to pray and seek God? Allow him to speak to your heart. Let me pray. That's okay, Dan. Father, we just want to thank you. Lord, we've already prayed about all those mothers. Father, how we so appreciate them. The ones that are with us, the ones that are are gone. All the ladies that have mothered. Father, thank you for, for your giftings that you place within us. And Father, I pray, Lord, that as we look at a household, how we work together, how we live together, how we interact, Lord, that you'd help us to see the, the gifting that you've placed within each one of us and how we can use that gifting just to, just to outwork your presence and your life. Lord, we've already prayed that, that it's Christ in us. Father, we want to be your hands and your feet. We want to be your voice to this world. Lord, we want to reach out to those people who need to hear your love and your life. Lord, I pray that you would help us. Christ in me. Christ in me. Let your life come out, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why well, don't we just, yeah, give Robin a round of applause, to show appreciation.